Now would you join me as we pray for our message. Father, open our hearts and minds to receive from your word this morning. Help us to be more like Christ. In his holy name, amen. Amen. So this past week, I met a true superhero. I met somebody who can do something that I am so amazed by. He is an elementary choir teacher. I cannot get my children to clean their room, and he got more than 300 elementary kids, starting at the young age of five, to stand up quietly and sing for an hour and a half. That is a superhero. And watching these kids, it was amazing to see what this guy was doing and watching almost every kid sing and do hand signs. Now, granted, the older they got, the little dancing kind of waned a little bit as they got toward fifth and sixth grade. But he had most of them doing all of these things. And as I was watching them, I just thought, I mean, this guy is incredible. Um, I don't know how he's doing this. And then I would notice there was a kid here or there not singing, A kid here or there, not swaying. And I mean, he was creative. He had them doing all kinds of things. He had my son's class use glowing bracelets, turn the lights off, and instead of singing, they did this like dance thing with the bracelets. It was awesome. It was third graders. But there were a few bracelets not moving either. Just a few here and there among the crowds. They were there, they were on the stage, but they weren't committed to what they were doing. I have one thing I want to talk about this morning, and I'm going to ask it in a way I don't tend to ask. I usually ask these things in the first person plural. It's usually a we or an our, but this morning needs to be personal. I need you to ask yourself this question. What is your actual commitment to Jesus? We're all here. Most of us come every week, or almost every week. We're all here, and that's good. Even the kids that were up there not singing, they were up there and they weren't making a fuss. But what is your commitment to Jesus? And if you ask it between you and God only, no judgment from me or anybody around you, what is your commitment to Jesus? So in our passage, this is what happens. You can find this in your pew Bibles on page 1497. I invite you to pull that out. Page 1497, this is Luke 19. And we've read the whole passage. We are going to jump to verse 35. Luke 19 and verse 35 on page 1497. Here's what we see them doing. They are giving Jesus all their praise. Verse 35. They brought it, that is the colt or the donkey, to Jesus threw their cloaks on the colt and put Jesus on it. As he went along, people spread their cloaks on the road. 
And when he came near the place where the road goes down the Mount of Olives, so they are approaching Jerusalem, which is on a hill, but there's a valley between Jerusalem and the Mount of Olives called the Kidron Valley, and they're going to go down into it and then back up. So they are, getting, they are coming down this mountain right now. And you've got these folks that he'll call in a moment the crowd of disciples. Right? So that is more than the 12. And these disciples are laying cloaks out before him. We keep going. The whole crowd of disciples began joyfully to praise God in loud voices for all the miracles they had seen. Right? They know what Jesus has accomplished. And in fact, this is a moment that is really special. If you read through the Gospels, here's what you will see. Jesus attracts enormous crowds. Wherever he goes, he attracts crowds. But he always has a response. So there's one morning where he's healed everybody in this village, and the next morning the whole village is looking for him. Jesus got up early, went out by himself. The disciples come out and say, hey, there's all these people looking for you. You're a celebrity. And Jesus says, I got to go to the next town. Let's go. There's a point where there are people, they have run around the Sea of Galilee to get to Jesus. So they see him get on a boat to cross it, and they know kind of the trajectory. They know where he's going. They run around the Sea of Galilee to get to him. They want to make him king. He slips away. Constantly, he is telling the disciples, don't tell anybody. We just did this miracle. Don't tell anybody. Until now. Finally, after three years, he's going into Jerusalem, the holy city, and he's letting them proclaim. They are singing Psalm 118. Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. This is a regal psalm. This is a proclamation of the coming one. And he's letting them do it. And they are doing it. They are all out praising Jesus. And this is something that I want us to consider. Because what they are doing is good and right and biblical. One of the most famous examples is David. You might remember the story where David is bringing the ark to Jerusalem and the way his actions are described, he is dancing before the Lord with all his might. Israel is singing to God with all their might. Here's the thing I want us to think about. It is a good thing to praise God and to do it with all our might. I can imagine the scene. I would imagine that David looked a little bit like he was in a Pentecostal church, dancing in the aisles. And there had to be people, the few, because most of them were singing with all their might, a few that were going, whoa, what is he doing? He was praising God with all his might. Church, Jesus is worth praising with everything we have. And I don't expect Trinity. In fact, it would be weird. 
I don't expect Trinity to start running up and down the aisles and jumping over pews. I mean, I know Robin wants to. (laughs) But it is okay to sing, to shout, to lift hands, to wiggle your tush a little bit and dance because Jesus is worth that. And it's very biblical. People use all kinds of instruments and dancing and shouting and singing and praising throughout the scriptures to say how they feel about God. I want to encourage you, praise the Lord with all you have. Now, even praising God with all we have doesn't necessarily mean we've made a commitment. So, a number of years ago, I took my daughter to a Legends game. If you were in Dallas, you would know what that is. You're not in Dallas, so most of you probably don't know what that is because it's the G League of the Mavericks. So, you know, this is the second tier level here. These are the ones where if you can't make the NBA, you go here and you hope you get moved up to the NBA. So my daughter and I went and we watched the Texas Legends play. And it was fun. We had a great time. We were shouting. We were standing up. We were clapping. I mean, the whole crowd were doing all of it. And they were getting killed. I mean, it was not even a game. It was like the team they were playing was an NBA team, and the Legends was a high school team or doing a pickup game. I mean, it was really sad. Even the, the, the players... The players on the other team looked like NBA players. There was a, hit their center. I think he was about 12 feet tall, at least compared to everyone else. And he would just stand in front of the basket. And they would approach him and he'd like reach out and pluck the ball out of their hands. I mean, it was so ridiculous. And so getting toward the end of the third quarter, I started thinking, we should probably get out of here because we're parked in the parking garage on the sixth level. If you imagine a sixth level parking garage, and, and I, so I leaned over to Kira and I said, hey, if this game keeps going like this, we should probably slip out before everybody else does. So partway through the fourth quarter, um, we're down by 20. I think, they've, I think they're just playing four players at this point, not even five, and they're still killing us. And I'm like, that's it. And so my daughter stands up, I stand up, 6,000 other people stand up, and we all leave. <laughs> We were totally into that game until partway through the fourth quarter when we decided getting out of there and avoiding the crowd was more important. Your praise is not necessarily an indication of your commitment, but it can be. Just because you sing at the top of your lungs. I mean, we shouted at the top of our lungs. So did the other 6,000 people that left with us doesn't necessarily mean you're committed. However, if you are committed, I want to encourage you, give everything. Not just in your praise. That's part of it. That's Sunday morning. That's right here. But it's not just that. It's when we hear a sermon and we think, what do we do with this? It's when we come forward and receive communion and we're meeting with Jesus It's when we're praying and proclaiming. And then it's Monday. 
and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday and Saturday. What does our commitment to Christ look like throughout the whole week? What are we really living our lives for? And again, my point right now, I do not want to inspire guilt in anybody. I don't want anybody looking at themselves going, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm terrible, I'm awful. That does nothing. I just want you to actually look at your life and say, am I really living a life that is sold out to Christ? If you want to get an idea of what sold out might look like, back in 2002, Adrian Brody won the Oscar for Best Male Actor for The Pianist. Up to that point, he's basically not even known. That movie is what skyrockets him into stardom. And he was the youngest person at 29 to win that particular award. The role, if you've not seen The Pianist, is a Jewish pianist during World War II hiding out in Poland. He wanted to play the role as faithfully as he could. This is what he did. He taught himself and then took lessons to play piano and spent hours every day learning Chopin so that he could play the pieces for the movie. He also sold his car, moved out of his apartment, and lived on the streets and then with others and tried to isolate himself because he wanted to know what it was like to be in hiding and not to have regular comforts. But he also wanted to know, he said in an interview, I've experienced loss and hurt before. I've never experienced starvation, hunger. So he also reduced his meal to the point, his intake of food to the point that he was starving. He lost 30 pounds before the movie because he wanted to portray this person to the best of his ability. He lost his girlfriend during this because of everything he was doing. And he said it took him years because he got so into the role that some part of him connected to what the Jews may have gone through in World War II to the best of his ability, and it led him into depression. He was completely sold out to this role. Here's the thing. You are sold out to something. All of us are. We live for something. What is it? And is it Christ? And why should it be Christ? Because of what happens next. Look at verse 39. Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. You see, they know what's going on. They know that somebody is coming in who is Jewish and is being proclaimed as a king. Do you know what Rome is going to do with that? It's not a good thing to have any king but Caesar. They are afraid of what Rome would do. They are afraid of losing their power. They are afraid of losing control. There's so many things going on here. They don't say just stop your disciples. They say rebuke them. Look at the response of Jesus. I tell you, verse 40, he replied, if they keep quiet, the stones 
will cry out. Why should we commit ourselves fully to Christ? It's not for some emotional high from doing worship and lifting our hands and hearing good music. It's not so that others can look at us and be like, wow, you're holy. You're really following Jesus. It has nothing to do with us. It is because he really is king. In this passage, if they won't shout it, Jesus' creation will. Because he is king, whether we acknowledge it or not. He is deserving of everything we can give to him because he is king. Paul says in Philippians, when we get to the end, every knee will bow. It does not matter what you think of Jesus right now. In the end, you will bow. The real question is, will you take a knee now instead of waiting? Because Jesus is king. Will we respond to him as such? And on the other side, this is the question I've been asking throughout. What is your commitment to Christ? Let's flip the question. What is his commitment to you? What is the commitment that Christ has made to you? What we are celebrating in Holy Week is him going to the cross. What we are celebrating is that Jesus will be rejected by everybody. His friends will flee in his moment of need. His closest disciple will publicly deny him when Jesus is looking right at him. Then he will go to the cross and there'll be two people left. He has thousands following him. But when you get to the cross, it's two people, Mary and John. Luke has this amazing little verse, verse 49, where he describes all the others They're at a distance from the cross. At a distance. They're back there. They're watching. Why? Maybe to see how it all turns out. Maybe to figure out what they should do. But they've left him. Jesus has been left. Then he will die. That's his commitment to us. And... Do you know that the incarnation is permanent? Do you know that Jesus became fully human and will remain fully human for eternity? That's part of his commitment. There is nothing left that he can do for us. He's done it all. His commitment to us was to give everything that he had. Let me see if I can bring this home. A number of years ago, there was an 11-year-old boy named Ladarius. He was with his sister, Shavanta, at a bus stop, waiting for the bus. A car went out of control and went straight for the bus stop and straight for 7-year-old Shavanta. Ladarius, this 11-year-old boy, ran and pushed his sister out of the way and took the full brunt of that car. 
Police arrived on the scene, paramedics, they took him to the hospital. He was in critical condition, and he passed away. His mom immediately harvested his organs to make sure somebody else could have life. And she said as part of an interview, I cannot tell you how much I will miss my son, but I am not surprised. This is who he was. And I'm not going to focus on losing him. I'm going to focus on what he gave his life for, saving my daughter. The whole community rallied around them, and they renamed a park that he used to play at, Ladarius Wiley Brooklyn Park, to honor him and the sacrifice he made. I can imagine that everybody in here is feeling that sacrifice. Jesus gave his life for us. Not because we were his brother or sister. Not because we deserved it. Not because we were cute. He did it because he loves you. Just like you are. Just as you are. He loves you. And he was willing to pay the ultimate price to show you that. Christ's commitment to us is to give everything. How can we honor him with our lives? To use the illustration, how can we rename the park of our lives to bring honor to him? By giving everything we have. Not just on Sundays, but let's do it on Sundays, not just on Monday or Tuesday or when things get bad and we turn to him, but always a full commitment of our lives. I don't want to end on that very sad story. I want to end by telling you that that elementary choir teacher, Mr. Kimberly, he was sold out to these kids and what he was doing. And here's how I know. He would be up there directing, and as choir teachers of elementary kids do, you also do all the movements. And so he's up there, and he's doing this, and he's doing this, and he's, you know, all the things to get them to do it. That's expected. It was watching him in between the pieces. So as one class would come up, you would have soloists playing piano. My son played the cello. It was great. Um, that way the other class could get up there. Well, Mr. Kimberly was standing off to the side all by himself. And as these kids were playing, he was still doing this. <laughs> He's over there dancing to what these kids are doing. Like, honestly, I've actually not met the man, but I think that's who he is. Like, there was no reason for him to be doing that. Nobody's watching him other than me. I guess I'm a stalker. I don't know what I'm doing. Um, poor guy. Nobody's watching him. He's not directing anything. I think he just loved these kids' music. And so he's off dancing to it. Give it all. Everything you have. You will not regret serving Jesus and giving him all you have. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your son who is king. Lord, help us to take a knee now 
Help us to see the commitment he has to us that we might not withhold anything from him, but give him all that we have. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.